and if you get in with some other women that are um, really searching for the heart of God, yeah. he wants to meet you where you are. If you're dealing with a child with medical needs or if you're dealing with um, marriage problems or whatever it is, yeah. everybody's got them. Everybody's got them. Welcome to the In Between Mama podcast, a place to rest in between who you are and who God is calling you to be. I'm your host, Riley Sandrell, and today I'm really excited to welcome my lovely friend, Miss Leslie Hudson. I'm so glad you're here. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Yeah. Um, so I would love for you to tell everyone a little bit about yourself. You're a mother, grandmother, former teacher. Um, so would you mind just unpacking a little bit of your story? Okay. Yeah. Um, I, I was... Um, born in Dalton, Georgia, and grew up there, and I lived in a Christian home, um, very conservative, and um, I went to college in Henderson, Tennessee at a Christian college, and met my husband there. Aww. So we've been married 47 years. Oh my goodness, mm -hmm. that's so exciting. <laughs> Thank you. And we, um, we raised our family in Dalton. We okay. had three children, two girls and a boy. And, and how many grandchildren do you have? Nine grandchildren. Okay. And they're four to 14. Is that correct? That's right. Oh my goodness. That is such a fun, like a group of ages. That keeps us busy. Oh yes. <laughs> and you live, um, well, it's not a farm, but you live kind of out. We live in a farming community, yeah. I would say, mm -hmm. a small community, Chapel Hill, Tennessee. And we have three and a half acres and um, a lot of land for gardening. Yes. And such as that. Love to, love to garden. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, so I would love if you would tell me a little bit about, because um, we're going we're gonna to talk about some hard stuff today some tragedy and some things that have happened in your life and how you've walked through that, how God has led you, what that's looked like for you and your family. Um, so feel free to tell me a little bit about, um, it, we can jump right into what happened or if you want to give any backstory, wherever you feel like okay. you want to start with that. Sure. I'll tell you a little bit of, of the backstory. Yeah. Um, our three children were pretty much the focus of our lives. Mm -hmm. um, the girls were uh, born first, Whitney and Kingsley, and they were involved in a lot of sports and drama and band and things like that. And then Seaver came along. He was our youngest, and um, he was all things sports. Okay. And since John was that kind of boy, too, mm -hmm. he played college baseball. And so he taught Seaver all about how to play every sport. And we were really busy doing those kind of things. Yeah. Um, all things about the kids. And then um, when Seaver was 17, um, he had a devastating car accident. Mm. And um, he was on his way home. He had been playing basketball in the neighborhood down the street. And on his way home, his uh, car ran off the road and flipped mm. uh, several times. Wow. Well, kind of to shorten the story a little bit, he was taken um, by life flight helicopter 
to um, Chattanooga, Tennessee, to Erlanger Hospital, which was the nearest place that had a trauma unit. Okay. And um, his injuries were life-threatening, but um, gracious God um, spared his life, and he had a broken neck at the C1 and C2 uh, vertebrae, and he had a traumatic brain injury. Okay. Um, it was described to us like um, when you heard of shaken baby syndrome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's when um, there's a hard impact and the brain kind of, the tissue inside the skull um, is shaken around mm. and damaged that way. So um, that was in 2004, and he was in the trauma unit for two weeks. Okay. And then he was sent to Shepherd Spinal Center in Atlanta. Okay. And he was there for about another two weeks or three weeks. Um, this kind of changed our lives forever. Absolutely, yeah. And, and how old were the girls when this happened? Um, the girls were in college. Okay. And so they, were they, they weren't home? No, they were um, in school at Lipscomb. Okay. And so we called them and said, you need to come home. Mm-hmm. There's been a terrible accident but um Seaver was in a coma Mm -hmm. for three days and then um it it was just a long journey um of recovery after that Mm -hmm. um all of his plans were changed he had been um um he had been a collegiate level Mm -hmm. um athlete in high school coming up and so he was on track to be um, scouted by college scouts okay. already at um, sophomore level. And okay. so we knew uh, that this was his plan and this was his desire. And, of course, it was our desire, too. Yeah. And um, so all of that changed at that point. Wow. Um, so what did the support around y'all look like when that was going on? Did you have family, friends, church? We had um, just an outpouring of love and support from um, people we knew in the community, people that um, Seaver had gone to school with, his, their, his friends and their parents, mm-hmm. and our church family, and everyone there in our extended family. Everyone reached out to us and were very supportive. Mm-hmm. It, it would have been hard to get through that without that kind of support. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, so in, so first I want to talk about like when you were in the, in, in that like actual event happening those mm-hmm. days, weeks after, what did that look like um, emotionally, spiritually, physically for you, yeah. for your experience, your family's experience? It was, um, unbelievably exhausting and emotionally um, taxing er all the things Mm -hmm. Um, at this time um, it became evident that we were leaning on God Mm -hmm. that that was that is a situation where you have no control yeah 
you know, as a mama, I know you know mm-hmm. that you want to make things okay for your your children. Absolutely, yeah. And and this is a point where you just know, okay, God, there's nothing I can do. Yeah. And I I just we John and I both and our family, we just had to look to God. Mm. For, for this, for our strength. Yeah. Because I don't know where it came from otherwise. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, well, that's such a testimony to um, just the relationship that you had within your family as well of mm-hmm. being able to just come together and bring it before the Lord of we have nothing. So. That's right. This is what it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and so. How do you feel like in the weeks after that, how did it look to seek God throughout the aftershock? Was it, was there questioning? Was there like, why are we here? Or did that maybe come later? Um, If you Um, tell me a little bit about that. This is where I really believe we, if you have a firm foundation Mm. in the Lord that will provide you a firm place to stand Mm. and because we had been told and and people had warned us and said guys you know that it's events like this where marriages break up yeah it it causes such um, a stress and strain Mm -hmm. on relationships yeah and we were determined that we were not going to let anything come between us that Mm. we were going to lock arms and move forward together we were going to make decisions together Mm. and just stay in touch with each other yeah um you know i think especially for a man Mm -hmm. it's hard because um the dad of the family feels responsible for everyone for you and for the children absolutely they're the you know the gatekeeper the one who is the strong one yeah and keeps everyone safe and at this kind of time their confidence is just shaken Mm -hmm. not only that is um john was taken away from his job for for several weeks yeah and he was he's a teacher he was a teacher no at this time he um he has started his own landscaping company okay and so that's even even yeah, yeah that's even harder even more yeah so he had to be away from from his business um i remember one day um at the hospital um we had decided this has been about a week after the wreck and and we had been talking about he needed to go and take care of some things and mm-hmm. i said it's, it'll be okay you know you go today yeah and i can call you if we need you yeah and so he left at very hesitantly oh i'm sure and then about oh 15 minutes later they came in and they did um a check on on siever on his legs and they were checking him vascularly mm-hmm. his uh, veins to for blood clots and yeah. they found a blood clot oh my goodness. in his one of his legs and so i got on the phone and i said you're not going to believe this, but he's got a blood clot in his leg. Yeah. They're going to have to insert, uh, they had to insert a filter mm-hmm. in his groin. It, it's, I didn't know anything about yeah. all of this, yeah. but 
he had to turn around and come back to the hospital. Yeah. So that's a lot. That's a lot. Yeah. And then after, I think it was exactly two weeks, the hospital decided he was ready to go to a rehab Mm -hmm. hospital. And we got him in at Shepherd Spinal Center in Atlanta, which is supposed to you know supposedly the premier place mm-hmm. yeah. in the southeast for this kind of injury and so um they took him by ambulance to atlanta and we went down there so um you know it was just hard uh, we were away from home we were away from our girls yeah um, from our jobs and fortunately i had a friend who stepped up and said she was a former teacher but she wasn't teaching at the time yeah and she just went in the office at my school and talked to the principal and volunteered to take my class oh wow uh, for as long as needed that's and so, so kind. it was it wow was what really, a blessing yes it was it was really great yeah um I would love to touch on something you said about how y'all with your marriage locked arms and just decided mm-hmm. like we're going to walk through this together was there a moment was that like in the midst of that or do you feel like that was more after um and do you feel like there was anything foundationally in your marriage which I know we could talk hours about that um that you feel like was already established to be able to say okay we're not gonna let this crumble because Mm -hmm. I mean I I was talking to my friend Mila on this podcast a couple weeks ago about grief when they lost their infant daughter and how it mm-hmm. took her husband seven plus years to be able to deal with the grief of that because two people grieve very very differently right. and then being married and trying to walk through that so if you could tell me a little bit about that what that looked like for you guys um I, you know um john and i both grew up in homes that had a mother and a father mm-hmm. in a christian home and Um, There was just never a question with us about how we were going to live our lives. We were going to be together Mm -hmm. and um, follow the biblical model of marriage. Mm -hmm. And um, that's what we wanted for each other. Yeah. You know, and together. So it comes down to the foundation, you Mm -hmm. know, just the commitment that we had. Yeah. Um, I can see how... If you're, if you're shaky anywhere mm-hmm. on your commitment or what you, you know, if you don't want the same things, mm-hmm. that can really um, pose a problem. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a choice every day to stay, it is a to stay married. Every day. Yeah. Every day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's, it's, it's so hard because in this society we're living in, it doesn't seem that cut and dry. But I guess when you just take divorce and separation off the table, as far as in a healthy and non-abusive household, right. then it's just not an option. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, so I would love for you to tell me a little bit about um, what that all looked like as a mother for your other children and how mothering them through that situation and then now we're almost 20 years Mm -hmm. later it'll be 20 years next year it's uh, because you said 2004 uh, yeah 
Yeah. It'll be 2024. Year. Oh boy. Yeah. <laughs> so almost wow. 20 years yes. later, still like, what are, what does life look like now? If you mm-hmm. wouldn't mind sharing a little bit. Okay. Well, they were, you know, they were college age mm-hmm. when the wreck happened and Whitney was six years older than Seaver. So, okay. you know, they, they grew up somewhat together, but she was, you know, quite a bit older than yeah. him. Yeah. Kingsley and uh, Seaver were pretty close growing up. But um, having them away, that was difficult, you know, especially at the beginning. Yeah. Because they wanted to be there with him and not to know what was going on day to day and everything. Yeah. Um, I will have to say their, their teachers and instructors in school, I believe at this time Kingsley was in um, – a beauty school mm-hmm. and Whitney was at Lipscomb and they were very generous with them and That's helpful. Good. Yeah. Um, but it, it did, you know, when you have any situation where one child has special needs or mm-hmm. it's going to affect the other kids, there's no way around it. Yeah. So um, I'm, I'm sure that there were some things that maybe they were neglected with at, at those times um nowadays um Seaver has uh, you know dealt with a brain injury mm-hmm. for all these years and we're so grateful for the healing that he's had yeah um but he does still have residual effects from it and yeah. one of the things that is really hard for him are relationships mm-hmm. and communication yeah and so that's been that's been tricky mm-hmm. at times and um, I, our girls are just wonderful. They're, they're, you know, they try to be understanding, and it's hard sometimes to understand absolutely where he's coming from. Sibling relationships in general mm-hmm. are hard. Like, yeah. I'm stepping into the adulthood part of trying to have relationships with my siblings who are also coming up because I'm the oldest mm-hmm. and trying to have relationship with them and also being 500 miles away doesn't help. But it's... It's already hard when there aren't other odds stacked against you it to is. figure out what relationship is going to look like when you're not living in the same house anymore yeah. and having to be in relationship with each other. Right. And you've you've got a lot of memories. Oh, yeah. And you will find that the way you remember something, the other person may remember it oh, totally absolutely. differently. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yes. We're always arguing about how things went actually went yeah. down. Yeah. So and then my parents have a completely different viewpoint. <laughs> mm, right. Exactly. Yeah. So what's the real Exactly. Truth, you know? Exactly. <laughs> but um, they, I will say, um, in the past year, we have all decided that it would be a good thing for us to go to a therapist together. Yeah. And so we're scheduling that. Yeah. We're working on scheduling that right now, in yeah. fact. And I think that will be just wonderful mm-hmm. to have an outside party yeah. to kind of help us navigate some things that have come up through the years yeah, that we absolutely. need to address. Yeah. Oh, I'm, that'll be that'll be great. I'm, I'm looking forward to hearing more about that for sure. Um, so you mentioned at one point that there was, and and you kind of mentioned a little bit earlier, judgment from people and how you, um, and your husband chose to handle the situation, whether, and I'm not sure if you want to speak into if it was at the time of Mm -hmm. the accident or after or all of Mm -hmm. it, I would Mm -hmm. love if you'd share a little bit about that. Okay. 
Um, in Seaver's journey um, of healing and post-traumatic brain injury, mm-hmm. um, one, uh, one thing that is very common with uh, survivors of TBI is um, uh, drug use and alcohol use. Mm-hmm. Um, one, one thing that happens is people who have TBIs sometimes um, lose part of their, if they have frontal lobe yeah. damage, they lose, sometimes they have memory loss, sometimes mm-hmm. they have depression and anxiety and and a lot of things to deal with and there's not a lot of of good help out there Mm -hmm. for navigating this yeah Um, I feel like the doctors did a great job with him physically Mm -hmm. and getting him through rehab and all of that stuff walking again um, taking care of himself again all of those functions yeah Um, and then it's like here you go you're you're done, yeah. and then there's so much more yeah, that isn't yeah, addressed. Yeah, absolutely. And it's just, um, it's so, so hard. And as parents, we didn't know what we were doing. We, had, we didn't have a clue yeah. what we were doing. And um, I wasn't aware of any support groups for TBI at the time. This has been a long time ago now. Well, that, that, that was pre-Facebook, pre... Oh, yeah. Well, not pre-Facebook. It was existing, but not to the capacity that oh, it no. is now. Yeah. I didn't have Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah. And so we uh, we floundered. Yeah. I admit it. We made some bad judgments. We judged him mm-hmm. for some behaviors and some things that he did that really now... Now I know, looking back, yeah, he couldn't help it. Yeah, you know, it was not him; it was the injury, mm-hmm. and um, and so he made some choices that, you know, if you have a teenage child and they're smoking pot or mm-hmm. they're sneaking out and doing thing questionable things with other kids and yeah. driving cars and yeah. under the influence and things. It's a scary thing. Yeah. And Just we wanted to protect not having him. control. Yes. Yeah. And you yeah. feel so out of control. And we wanted to help him. Mm-hmm. And we wanted to protect him. Yeah. And, uh, you know, as mom, I'm thinking, wait a minute. You've got a brain injury. Mm-hmm. You cannot go and do these dangerous things and, mm-hmm. you know, risk injuring yourself further and yeah so um you know we made some choices for treatment and um um discipline Mm -hmm. and things that may not have been the best Mm -hmm. and looking back I wish I could do it again I wish I could um you know look more intently into the brain injury aspect of it Mm -hmm. was there any kind of uh, emotional therapy happening at that time um like talk therapy or anything like that we he had been um there have been so many different therapists so many different treatments and things that we have tried Mm -hmm. through the years i i mean it would be a long list Mm -hmm. if i listed all yeah so yeah he had been to therapy he had been to counseling he had been to psychiatrist Mm -hmm. um all the things Mm -hmm. and it just you know we 
we never got to the right place. Mm -hmm. You know, it was just a struggle, Mm -hmm. a bad struggle. Mm -hmm. And so people did, I mean, um, some bad things happened with him. And um, I can remember being at a, a store in our hometown and seeing a mom of one of the baseball team mm-hmm. players that he had played ball with and we were on the next aisle over and she turned around and walked the other way to mm. avoid seeing us mm. and that broke my heart oh, I'm I sure. thought you know I'm going to try to say that was her not knowing what to say yeah and I'm sure she knew what was going on some of the things that we were dealing with yeah and I had some some people say very hurtful judgmental things to us Mm -hmm. you know about him Mm. and and it's so hard because I know just how far we've come in like society about talking about these types of things and it's mm -hmm. not just not even just mental health but also like being understanding of not knowing people's situations and just how far that's come I can't imagine dealing with that 20 years ago mm-hmm. and not having the, I don't know, people also just don't have the wherewithal to be kind generally, yeah. but yeah. That's true. Yeah. And, and you know, for that, for that reason and for uh, some other reasons, um, we, we moved, mm-hmm. we moved to Tennessee Okay. to leave Dalton and to kind of give him a fresh start mm-hmm. and, kind of remove him from some um some friendships you know to give him some space between those friends that were kind of going along with some bad decisions and they were good kids I mean they basically were good kids yeah you know they were being kids yeah but it was dangerous yeah especially for him yeah well I mean there's a whole lot added layer to that then that you had to navigate and make decisions and there's no there's never going to be a perfect way mm-hmm. to do that. Um, how do you feel like you, did you feel like you were able to sit with God in those decisions or did you ever feel like you made any out of um, out of haste or out of fear or does any of the regret kind of go back to that? You know, um, Riley, back then, um, I'm not sure that I, I'm not sure we really took it to the Lord like we should have. Mm. I, I think that I know we prayed about it, but I don't know how well we listened mm. for the answer because I know in some situations we didn't choose the right thing. Yeah, And I just wonder if we had been in a different place in our uh, understanding mm. of the Holy Spirit and and our relationship with God, if we might have chosen differently, mm. I think there's a tendency to decide in your own mind what you think needs to be done, and yeah. that's my that's my mo. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think I know what what needs to be done. Yeah, and I think you know that's just arrogance. Mm. I need to realize I don't know anything (laughs) I need to lean on uh, on the Lord but you know you can nowadays you can go on Google and you can find so much of advice and helpful things Mm -hmm. and uh, you know there's that verse there's a way that seems right to a man Mm -hmm. 
um, that verse. Yeah. And and God's ways are not our ways. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah. I think it's been a journey mm-hmm. of, and I'm not perfect at it yet, yeah. and I don't guess I'll ever be. Uh, yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> um, yeah, going to God. Yeah, and waiting on an answer. Mm, yeah, that's so hard. Yeah, it's so hard. It is. <laughs> yeah, I I really struggle with that of the the waiting part, and you know, He's made me do go through some things that there was no choice but to Mm -hmm. wait and I'm sure that's probably how you felt in a lot of those situations where you were completely out of control right yeah there's no no choice but to wait um so was there anything health-wise I don't know if you were in therapy during any of this time um but I'm really trying to focus on this podcast of highlighting things that we can do in different situations so was there anything health-wise mentally physically spiritually that you feel like you did or and it maybe even over the years that has helped you personally walk through Mm -hmm. the trauma that you experienced through all of this because it doesn't just happen to Mm -hmm. the person that is physically experiencing the trauma it's it's to anyone closely connected as well that's a really good question and um I wish at several points in our history I had gone to therapy because I think it would have helped me tremendously. Mm-hmm. Just um, I did have um, two close sisters that that I confided in and mm-hmm. talked th- th- with yeah. about things and some good friends um, that we had that were helpful but I I never did that and I think that's a really good thing to do yeah I I would recommend anyone mm-hmm. doing that um trying to take care of yourself when you've got chaos all around you yeah it I mean and I think this is probably typical mom uh-huh. behavior yeah <laughs> we we put ourselves last yeah and we shouldn't do that because we're the glue. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that holds it all together. Yeah. So, Absolutely. yeah, I think that's real important. And um, my relationship with God has grown so much. And I would say that is the, the piece that helped me the most. Mm-hmm. It, and that's what I would advise for anyone. And that's part of your your firm foundation yeah is having that strong relationship with god and um, getting in the word mm-hmm. i was gonna say what does that look like outside of because i think for a lot of people they associate it with just maybe going to church but there you and i both know there's so much more um, to it oh than yeah. that so i would love if you would give a few examples yeah. okay well um early on i i started um a prayer time every morning mm. and when I wasn't at work, when I wasn't working, yeah. I would just spend an hour every day in prayer and journaling mm. and study, yeah, um, and and just pouring into myself mm-hmm. from God's word, um, sitting before God, um, just to sit with Him and mm-hmm. think about Him, yeah, and just have some prayer time is. I can't tell you how valuable that is. Yeah. Um, That helps you to have a life of peace. Mm. I mean, that's where we find our peace is in God. Yeah. 
And that's what we all need. I mm-hmm. mean, it doesn't matter what your problem is. Absolutely. What, what's going on in your life. Yeah. You're looking for peace, and that comes through Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, so keeping a prayer journal was key for me. Mm. And I've got little journals. Yeah. I just... You know, they're not fancy and they're not pretty necessarily. Yeah. yeah. And I just scribble in there whatever I, and prayers. Mm-hmm. And I put prayers in my prayer journal and I go back and pray them again and again. Yeah. And I love sometimes, that. you know, sometimes your brain is just not, your mind is just not at its best (laughs) yeah well in our uh, they can become inundated with emotions and emotions are a great um temperature gauge for where Mm. we're at but they're not truth and exactly and yeah they can easily cloud our judgment and there have been days when i've thought i need to pray and i can't think yeah i can't even think yeah and having and I, i know the holy spirit yeah kicks in oh yeah absolutely (laughs) and helps us in our weaknesses and prays for us but but having your prayer journal there you can turn back a few pages and and pray that prayer again yeah and it's also cool to go be able to go back and see the answered prayers and um how god has worked in situations even if he didn't answer prayers exactly how we thought they should be answered or exactly how we wanted it to look um so valuable and and having and i've been pulling some out recently because I'm writing a book and that's exciting (laughs) (laughs) so I've been pulling out some of the old ones and it is amazing yeah and you don't remember everything but if you've got it in your journal Mm -hmm. there it is and so many things come flooding back to mind when you yeah. Have them down. It's it's amazing how fast our um, human brains forget the blessings that God has given us. Mm-hmm. I have been tracking this year. I felt like God told me to start writing things down specifically in a in a, a journal I have on mm-hmm. my computer of times that I prayed something and then how He's answered it and how when it happened. Right. Um. And how fast it happened. And it's just been a cool like little game between me and God of like, haha, I can answer your prayer so quickly and you still doubt me every single time. <laughs> and it's crazy because I literally went to update August and I I mean August just just happened mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I had already forgotten what he had done in August. Wow. And so I had to go back through text messages of when I had shared things with friends. And it, it was big blessings and really big prayers that I had been grieving on my kitchen floor crying over Mm. and he answered them and yet I had already forgotten because of just human nature and being a mom and having a very short attention span and having to train myself to not be on my technology all the time and to be present in the moment and not just okay cool check that off and move on um, that's so good but yeah I think it's so important to write prayers down yeah. and to write down the blessings and to even write down like the really hard moments that God mm-hmm. just worked in even if it wasn't a specific big answer yeah. of just the moments that he just sat with you and gave you yeah. comfort and peace um, I wanted to share an incident that yeah. happened with with my son yeah absolutely um, in the hospital mm. Um, when my friend Sally called me, I was in the intensive care waiting room and she called me to tell me she was going to take my class. Mm -hmm. And she said, um, 
Leslie, I need to tell you something. And she said, when I'm in times of intense prayer, sometimes God shows me things Mm -hmm. and shares things with me. And when I was praying for Seaver, I, um, I saw a vision and he was standing in front of a group of people. She said he had on a navy jacket and khaki slacks mm-hmm. and he was giving his testimony. Oh wow. And she said he wa- he wants you to know, God wants you to know that Seaver is going to live and he's going to give his testimony. Wow. So that was in the hospital. Wow. Okay, so after we were home, you know, several weeks later, yeah. I think for Christmas that year, I got him that outfit and I hung it in his closet. Yeah. So um, kind of forgot about it. You yeah. know, a lot of things happened. Mm-hmm. A lot of bad things happened. Yeah. When she first told me that, I accepted it with joy and I, I thanked God. Yeah his message and then I kind of forgot about it yeah because it didn't happen and I was thinking oh it's gonna happen yeah you know, right away yeah yeah <laughs> so then uh we moved to Nashville and a few years later um things were really horrible we mm-hmm. were going through a really tough time yeah and this friend called me again and I hadn't talked to her since back then yeah. and she said I was riding down your road where you used to live and the Lord told me to tell you that things are really dark right now and there's going to be more times of darkness but Seaver is going to make it out of this and things are going to be okay wow and so you know that was such a blessing yeah because she we hadn't talked she wouldn't have known yeah anything about it yeah and that was um that was a great message yeah so more years go by and two years ago um in october actually this time of year two Mm -hmm. years ago my son came to me and he said i need help Mm -hmm. i'm really afraid i'm gonna hurt myself Mm. And so I, I said, will you go to a hospital? He said, yeah, I think I need to. Oh, wow. So he stayed in hospital for a week mm-hmm. to work through this and to, um, they got him on some medications and did yeah. some therapy, got him back on track. Things were better. Yeah. And during the time he was in the hospital, I had shared with a group that I was doing an online study with. Mm-hmm. And this one lady that I didn't even know, (laughs) she sent me a message and she said, I need to tell you that I was praying for you and your son. And I don't usually get these kind of messages, she said, (laughs) but I really feel like I'm supposed to tell you. Um, And she said, did God make you a promise maybe a long time ago Mm. concerning your son? Yeah. And I said, uh, yes, and I had forgotten about it. Yeah. And she said, well, I don't know what the promise was, and I don't know what this means, but he wants you to know that he hasn't forgotten his promise to you. Oh, wow. And it is going to come to pass. Wow. 
so that what what a message yeah love and god loves us so much yeah and and i needed that yeah encouragement right then so yeah i'm so grateful and you know if if we're not connected with god mm-hmm. if you're not connected with jesus and the father it, it's such a good place to be there's no better place to be yeah absolutely and so i love that so much um and it's i think that also goes to show of like being connected for discernment as well to be able to speak into other people's lives like that and being able to discern when something is from god and when it's not um and I love how he just continued to reconfirm that mm-hmm. through multiple people and in ways that weren't even explainable. Mm-hmm. And I love that so much. That's, that's beautiful. So we are still waiting. Yeah. Um, but all the time. Yeah. I see changes and, and yeah. I see hopeful signs. And yeah. my son um, asked me to write a book with him. I love that. Of his story. That's amazing. Um, he had written, written. Um, he had read a book of a a young lady who had a brain injury and she told about her journey and yeah it was kind of a parallel with her dad Mm -hmm. she would tell what had happened and then he would give his perspective he you know it was kind of a back and forth thing yeah so he had me read that book and he said why don't we tell our story I love that so wow I think that's it's coming yeah that's a sign too yeah absolutely (laughs) that things are better yeah that's amazing Mm -hmm. yeah god is seem it is working and all of that Mm -hmm. and um yeah i look forward to seeing that come to pass thank you me too yeah um so i guess i just have one more question for you do you have any advice for women who are um struggling with children with a lot of medical needs because I know that's been something that you've mm-hmm. had to now deal with for quite a, a long time. Um, what has, do you have any advice just in general? I would just, um, I would just encourage you to find your support system. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody's different and everybody has a different family. Yeah. You know, sometimes family is not the best place to find the support system that you need. Yeah. But with... Um, technology these days you can find um, you can go on Facebook and you can find a group mm-hmm. of other people who are struggling just like you are and it is really helpful mm-hmm. to do that and if you can find an in-person group to mm-hmm. meet with um, that's a valuable thing one of the the best things that I have done is to find a small group Bible study. Yeah. And if you get in with some other women that are um, really searching for the heart of God, he wants to meet you where you are. If you're dealing with a child with medical needs or if you're dealing with um, marriage problems or whatever it is, everybody's got Everybody's got them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Um. There is such a camaraderie, and it's if you can find that group, mm-hmm. it's a safe place yeah. for you. I mean, you have to, you know, be t- discerning about yeah. who you choose Absolutely. to to um, 
sit beside. Yeah, let in, speak into your yeah, life, exact, all of the things. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because um, Satan is also working. Absolutely, double time <laughs> to get right. in there and tear you apart. So yeah. yeah, so pay attention. Yeah, to the signs because you'll you'll have some signs yeah. if it's not a good person and not not a safe place. Yeah, but finding that um, support system is so good. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. that's awesome. Well, thank you so much. Um, Thank you for welcoming me into your home. Thank you for sharing your story. Um, And I look forward to reading your book one day. Can't (laughs) wait for that. That's very exciting. Thank you, Riley. Yeah. I've enjoyed it. Thank you for asking me. Absolutely. It was an honor to have you. Um, Thank you so much for listening. If you wouldn't mind uh, subscribing, like, leave a review, share it with a friend, um, and come on back next Tuesday for another episode. And uh, yeah, we'll close it out there. Thank you. Okay.